Hello, and welcome to The Kink Perspective. My name's Chris. I'm a psychotherapist and consultant. On today's show, I want to talk about relationships. I talk about relationships a lot in the BDSM and the lifestyle community. What we should look for, consent, how to negotiate when I'm counseling couples or single people one-on-one on relationships. We talk about the things that we are looking for and the things that we need. But today, I want to look at something different, something that it's not really a phenomenon, but is becoming or is seemingly becoming more and more prevalent in today's society, especially with through the advent of dating apps and quick fixes. A long time ago, I wrote a post about what I called the fast food mentality. We want it now, we want it quick. If we don't get it, we'll go somewhere else to find the fix that we're looking for elsewhere. Many dating relationships today are treated as a disposable commodity. People are growing up in this completely self-absorbed, social media heavy environment, and they're hopping from one relationship to the next or multiple relationships. have two, three, five, ten relationships going on. And it's just as easy to replace somebody who no longer fits in your life or doesn't fit in what you want by just swiping your finger or clicking a mouse. When your current relationship gets a little stale, there's no reason to really work it hard, work that hard to fix it. Why? Because then that means we're putting forth effort we're making ourselves vulnerable. We're really telling the person they're worth that time. But why would I? I can just go online, click on a mouse, look at a profile, or swipe left, swipe right, whatever the case may be, and find somebody else to relive the excitement of building that new, fresh relationship. In essence, I can live in perpetuity in the honeymoon phase without ever getting close. Along the way, though, we leave a trail of broken relationships and disposable people that that's how we're treating them as a commodity that we no longer want so it's a toy once we've taken it out taken it out of its package and then we've played with it a couple of times now we're ready for something new i work with a lot of couples and a lot of adults who can no longer sustain the relationships past this initial honeymoon phase now this phase initially in most relationships can last anywhere from six months all the way up to about 18 months because it requires them to do and use their skills that they built on an emotional level that they've never really learned now in this age of disposability. This is becoming more prevalent in younger and younger generations, right? Now, I know that there might be some argument, oh, yeah, but older people do it too. Older people who grew up, you know, each generation grows up with its own set of guidelines and morals and societal conduct. But now, we didn't, when I grew up, I didn't have the ability to go on something like Tinder. Hell, the internet really wasn't even a thing when I was in high school. It was just kind of coming online. Um, there were people who had it, but you didn't really know what it was all, at least I didn't know that much about it. But I sure enough, very well didn't know anything about the online dating world. So when we look at this and we're, we're constantly viewing people as being disposable, there's always a quick exit, right? instantaneously a better option to fulfill the needs that we're looking for in the who and now that are just a click away. And I understand it. Relationships are stressful. It's difficult 
you know, when we're trying to move past the stage and we find that there's sporadic stressful events that go on, there's certain arguments we're trying to decide, you know, if we're going to move in together, do we like each other, do we want to get to that uh, declaration stage where we're making it quote-unquote, you know, maybe even Instagram official, which is a term that somehow was caught on, caught on, has caught on, that seems to be so prevalent. Oh, I'm going to go online. We're making it instant Instagram official. We're making it Facebook official. But who are you really doing that for? When you're making all of these things, quote unquote, official. To expect total satisfaction and perfection or being in a constant, excited spirit mode with the new par- your new partner. It's unreasonable and psychologically immature to believe that this will last and continue forever without any effort. Obviously, though, it's easier just to make changes and sub somebody new in, right? Pick up somebody new, click on a profile, start sending messages. Rather than take the time and explore and uncover what hurts and what can be made better between you and the person you're dating. I often hear, though... Um, but this is a lot of work, Chris. You know, I don't, I don't have time to commit. Well, how is that rational at all? Why get involved in a relationship of any sort if you don't want to put in any effort? But it's easier now because we're just making people a disposable commodity. It's easy, I can just move on. I can always just look down the road. <clears throat> I can look at what's next, who's next, when is next, when's the next party. I can just keep moving in perpetuity. The reality is, though, that eventually you're going to stand up and look around and you're going to end up in your, I don't know, late 20s, early 30s, maybe even your 40s. You've been doing a lifelong of this thing, this type of behavior, this pattern. You're going to end up alone or you're going to end up with somebody who is going to be so filled with resent, so filled with anger that eventually they'll leave you. And what what then are you going to use for a quick fix for what's failing you, what's, what's hurting? Most people don't consciously think or state, who can I use or what can I take away from this other person to be in more control or to be happy? You know, we see a lot of this in America, and our culture has become convinced itself that life is so short we shouldn't waste any time. I should go out and be with as many guys or as many girls or as many people as possible, right? And moving on and not in, in just, I'm living in the moment. Just, right? Carpe diem. I'm sucking the marrow out of life. But again, along the way, you're leaving a trail of destruction behind you. You're leaving emotional turmoil behind you. And, you know, that's great. We're moving on quickly at the moment of discontent or I've become disappointed in my partner and we're applauding that and we're showing that our self good self-esteem rather than more aptly an act of immaturity or self-centeredness or narcissism or even you know just plainly being selfish is what in reality is happening so I have a fight with my partner I don't really I'm finding something that, you know, I don't really like about them after a month or two. Well, screw it. I'm on, I'm gone. I don't want to stick around. I don't want to find out whether they're having a bad day. I don't give a shit. They're just being mean to me. Right? Screw them. We're out. 
these are some of the problems that we're starting to are, are becoming more and more commonplace as we move into a more technologically advanced society. The reliance is on short, indirect conversations, especially when we're looking at how people interact over social media, which means I don't really have to look into people's eyes anymore, right? We're not out at bars meeting people. We're not at church. We're not at, uh, we're not meeting them in supermarkets. I mean, where else do we really meet people? Maybe at work, right? <clears throat> so this is an inhibitor to, for us to really get to know that the deepness of someone's personality, to find out if we really click with them, if we're really in sync with who they are. We can't be forever stuck in the mode that we just, hey, we're on surface level conversations, we're, t we're having some witty banter, we're sharing a couple of Snapchats and, and Instagram photos, and on occasion, we'll do a Netflix and chill, right? These types of conversations are an abbreviation of our life. They don't forge relationships, and what they are creating is a very short and narrow crossing between two people that are ultimately, they're shallow, and you're just telling the other person, or maybe you're telling each other, you know what, you're disposable, and I don't really care. And for some, you're going to hurt people. You know, years before all of this kind of erupted over the last two and a half decades, if you wanted to meet someone, you really had to go out of your way or maybe you had a sister or a good friend at work or, you know, a, your family member knew somebody and you had to get close to somebody. You had to spark up a conversation. You had to get yourself ready. You went out. You made a phone call. You had some, of course, very candid, loose conversation. Maybe talked about meeting up for dinner or drinks. And then, you know, you got yourself ready and you went out there. You had to place yourself in a, in a rather close proximity to somebody else to see how they're acting. See what they look like when they're laughing and their eyes light up. Right? how they hold themselves during a conversation. They didn't have to rely on just scanning a bio that's got 30 characters on it and going, yep, I'm interested because, you know, he's got really awesome hair or she's got big boobs, I'm in. You had to actually call their home phone. You had to maybe meet their family when you got there. And you were now going out on dates to get to know somebody. And you know what? This was a lot of work. This was a lot of effort we were putting in, but it, it taught you one thing, that relationships were valuable and they were special to pursue and sustain. You very well know after a date or two with somebody, because some people have a lot of off first dates, right? I've had some terribly bad first dates that were so memorable, we both had laughed it off and we had another. And that second date went a lot better. Now, over the course of time, we decide two, three dates in. We know if we want to keep seeing this person. We definitely know at that point by getting third, maybe fourth date, if we really want to get intimate on a deeper level. And if we wanted to end that relationship, right, we realized we would have to do a lot more retrospective thinking about the matter. We had to really consider this because... We now know all this effort. We just spent six months trying to meet somebody. We, you know, our aunt knew 
her friend who has a daughter from their knitting club, right? And we went through all of this, these dates, and then the last three months of dating someone. So we have nine months of our lives invested, and we're not obviously that even that far in the relationship. But it's because it took so much effort. So instead of maybe just going, screw it, I'm going to move on and find somebody else, we already knew there weren't as many, our options were limited. So we learned how to make relationships work, and as a result, discovered new aspects of our partner that we didn't know. It's one thing like when I'm talking to couples during couple counseling, I talk to them, tell your partner something about your life they never knew. And I'm not just talking about the great stuff or some of the gritty stuff that we've ever encountered, because while those things are great, some of the inconsequential things like why you really enjoyed going to science class in the sixth grade, what about that inspired you? And as your partner, you should be listening because it's an important memory for them to share. Right. So we can't just back then we didn't just look at going, okay, well, hey, I'm going to dump them, get somebody else. We had to really consider working at that relationship, trying to figure out is if if our issues are small and salvageable, am I being too petty? Are they being too petty? Can we work on it and move forward? Consequentially, you end up developing these wonderful and intimate skills and you learn how to sustain them past this initial honeymoon phase when things start getting realistic when they're a lot more honest a lot more emotional unfortunately a lot less exciting at times and more often than not challenging at times so what's What's moving all this? What's driving all this? Well, I kind of covered all of that, but the reality is, is why, what really set the mentality forward? Is it going to stop? I don't think it's going to. When we look at, and how does this all apply to the community? Well, you know, there are people who do meet up on Tinder that are within the community. There are people obviously using like fetish.com or fetlife.com and Although those places clearly state that they're not for dating and they're just socializing and talking, people do use them to date. You're never going to change how people think or view things. But the reality is once we get disgruntled, oh, uh, you know, my dom, you know, I really like him. But after a couple of years, he didn't want to learn rope and, you know, it's just not something that appealed to him. So uh, I dumped him and I found a new dom. And so you're sacrificing a great relationship because of just one thing and that was super important. And, you know, I can hear other people, but yes, rope is so important. But yes, yeah, so are relationships, so are finding someone you can be cohesive with. Right? And to dominance looking at their submissives or slaves or whoever they're getting involved with, you know, if you have two or three or four people on the go and you're trying to decide who's going to fit into your life, right? And you're not, not, we're not necessarily talking about poly because I'm not, I don't want to confuse the aspects of polyamory and just dating. But the reality is, is when you are dating a lot of people, you're not really giving any one person a whole lot of attention. Although something like this just recently caused a stir when I mentioned this online, it was a little bit of a different avenue. When I was talking about you know, when you start dividing the love you have for people among a lot of others, you unpin the whole meaning of 
of a bond between two people. Not that's a different discussion and kind of already covered that and it's not really what I want to talk about today. But when I look at these things, when individuals operating from this position of a false self typically experience these greater than usual difficulties in connecting to others and forming any type of meaningful relationships, the result becomes more often than not, they start to feel empty inside. They feel this hollow existence at the center of who they are, at the core of their being. And even the impression that they're not really living or kind of just getting through life in autopilot. Now, this has been documented. This has been researched. These aren't things that we're just pulling out of air. Pursuing a relationship, when I look at a place like Tinder or I've heard of other apps like Grindr or Bumblebee or B, I don't really know. And, you know, I'm sure some people are going to chuckle because I don't know the proper name. So that's fine because I'm not on those things. But to pursue, if I, I want you to think about this for a moment. If you're actually Tinder, what, what was really Tinder created for? Initially, right. Pursue your ultimate relationship, right? To pursue a relationship on, on Tinder is quite literally an oxymoron. The emotional gratifications and that whole mood experience that Tinder quote unquote allows many, what it really does, it suspends your feelings altogether, right? That whole feeling that when you go to a place like Tinder and you look at it, or you're, you're hunting to meet somebody on fetish.com or alt.com or fetlife.com, right? What you're doing is you're taking that emptiness for a moment and you're shelving it putting it in a box and, you know, um, and I'm going, if I'll use myself as the example. So now I'm using all of these places, these apps, these websites, this social media, and that emptiness that I'm feeling, that narcissistic fill of the finger swipe, all it's doing is it's filling me up temporarily with the belief that I'm going to meet somebody who's going to take that all away. And none of these places do anything to actually help you build a relationship. And ultimately, isn't that the goal? Isn't that why we're there? No, I would argue places like those are often, more often than not, facilitating disposable dating, disposable relationship, right? And we have to look at these things and we have to be able to understand that Sometimes we're in just a relationship of convenience or a relationship that's commodified. And, you know, you might be asking, well, how do I even know if I'm in one? Well, a couple of good ways to constant to start to pick up on some, what are some of the signs, right? How do I know if my current relationship or if a future relationship I get involved in is disposable? Well, your communication is primarily over texting, so there's no real substance to it, right? Anybody who knows me, anybody who's ever talked to me, anybody who's ever engaged with me knows I hate texting. I absolutely deplore it. It's a terrible way to have a conversation. That right after that, I hate email. Like Those are number one and two for me, and they're pretty much interchangeable, right? But that's how all their, your conversations are going to go. You're going to getting little messages, DMs on Instagram or on FetLife or through Snapchat or whatever other social media medium that you're using. Your relationship becomes physically intimate 
well before you even have a chance to get to know each other on an emotional level, right? Well, how do you know if you're, if you're both, both parties, right? So there's no blame here on either side, but how do you know if you really want to, you know, if you're doing it out of, if you're facilitating your relationship based on sexuality, well, then you're not starting with an emotional base, now, a relationship can come back from that and you can make it one, but it just makes that road a lot harder because one partner is going to be seeing, well, this is what we started as. Why can't we keep doing it? And the fights will build from there. And then ultimately, more often than not, about a good 87% of those types of relationships fail. Another sign that we look at is that whoever you're with, your partner, they don't really care or consider your needs well beyond the day. And more often than not, their needs come first. So they don't really take what anything you're doing into consideration. Right? You find that your communication between the two of you is more argumentative or even competitive over smallest issues. You'll find that your partner is still conversing with other former partners. Now, I have an issue with that one as well. And I don't mean I, I have to kind of, I tend to agree with this one. There are some people I tend to find that women more so than men tend to keep relationships on a f friendship level with their exes more than men do. But regardless of who it is, and I've had guy friends, and I've asked them, why do you want to keep in contact with somebody that, you know, you're no longer in a relationship. Oh, well, they're just so good to talk to. Well, if they were so good to talk to and they make you so happy, why aren't you with them? So if you can't really answer that question, then what's the point of constantly talking to them while you're with somebody new? Because then you're basically sacrificing how they feel so you can feel good about yourself. Another thing to look for is your partner avoids having any type of conversation about where the relationship is going how they're really ultimately feeling about the relationship overall or what the relationship might look like in the future ahead, right? Another good tall tale, tale sign for a disposable relationship is your, your partner used to show up every day or, you know, you were seeing them every weekend, whatever your schedule is. Obviously, we're in a crazy time still coming out of post lockdowns for most countries. So work is a priority, but you know, let's say every Sunday we've, we would spend, we have a 12 hour routine, whatever it was, but all of a sudden, almost like overnight, your partner stops having time for you at all. And they don't even really give you a valid reason as to why. And they kind of leave that in perpetuity as well. Right. This is another favorite one of mine. This is one that I've, I've kind of seen quite often and something that when people come and speak to me about uh, the relationship issues and when they're dealing with some things in the lifestyle with either a submissive or a dominant or just their top or their bottom that they're engaged with, they'll find that their partner tells them in advance, regardless of knowing their partner, other partner's schedule, that he or she is going to be busy that weekend in the future and they're not going to be able to communicate as often or see them for the next few weeks, a couple of months, right? So that is a good indication at that moment that they're probably already moving on to somebody else. And if your relationship, you know, and people get mad, we're in a relationship. Are you really? 
it kind of just sounds you were dating with no real boundaries defined. There was no real relationship intimacy being, being built. You know, if I was to ask you what your relationship emotional intelligence level is, it's probably not there. And then we find that, you know, we're falling, creating our own patterns for allowing this to happen. And sometimes we have to go through quite a, you know, go through some people and place our boundaries up, which is something I recently talked about, and putting ourselves first. These are my needs. Here's where it's at. This is what I want out of a relationship. If that jives with you, great. And sometimes, unfortunately, and people are going to say, but Chris, you know, I've met somebody and we're dating and uh, they lied to me. Well, yep, we can't account for that. You know, they lied about their whole life. Yep, we can't account for those things. We can't account for when somebody is lying about who they are. If you do find that you're going on a date with somebody and they're spending all their time looking at their cell phone and checking out Instagram or sending tweets, maybe that's not the right person for you, right? But how do we work at now from our relationship or getting into a relationship and then keeping it from becoming disposable? Well, first off, this was something I recommended to a couple that I was working with before when they were going through some tumultuous times. Remove all of your dating apps. Why are you, why are they even a thing for you? Why do you have any dating apps either on your computer or, or dating profiles on your computer or on your cell phone once you're with somebody? So I'm not just talking about stopping your account or, uh, you know, you want to suspend it, suspend activity, or make yourself go inactive. Why? Delete it. You don't need it. That's the whole point. You've just met somebody, you've been with them, and I'm not talking about within a week, but probably over the course of a couple of months, you're going to make a decision. But if you're distracted, if you're already looking for an out, well, then you're not in a relationship. You're just in a commodity-based grouping or pairing until you can find the next thing that holds your interest, right? You spend a lot more time meeting and talking in person or even over the phone. That number is somewhere between three, four, five times higher than you text each other, right? You explore activities within the community that are brand new to both of you. So you're learning something new together. You're growing together. You know, hey, I've, I have never done rope and oh, I've been a little bit curious. Well, hey, why don't we go to a workshop together? Right. People on both sides, because this is not a thing for just men only. God, do I know this because I have one client. She's, you know, and that's great. She's in touch with her sexuality. But the reality is we take physical intimacy between ourselves and our new partner really slow. And we're using it as a vessel for our expressed affection instead of just trying to race to for another conquest we're not using it as a way to keep somebody with us we're showing them and we're being intimate with someone because we want to let them know how important they are to us we talk about our expectations about the behaviors we want to see from the two of us and that are going to demonstrate how much compassion we have for each other. 
I always talk about there's a more powerful phrase than saying to tell somebody, um, I love you. I think one of the more powerful phrases when you're with somebody to tell them is, I appreciate you. Because you're actually thinking about the things about that person you appreciate. I love, you know, I love my family or I've loved in, in past relationships or, you know, I have gotten romantically um, and emotionally connected and involved with submissives and, and people that have been in my life. And I've told them I love them. But when they do these little things, little things I wasn't even asking for or vice versa, and they turn around and they go, you know, they're looking at you and they kind of tilt their head a little bit and they got this little smile and they're like, I just appreciate you. It's so much more heartfelt because they're thinking about the actions you're doing, something they didn't ask or something you just did to make their day a little bit better and it makes them feel good, right? You have to do small gestures for each other to show how you care. It's not just about going out and buying the newest, you know, Symbian or... Uh, you want to get the newest crops or go, go out to the latest dungeon and be all lavish. How about a, a nice cooked home meal? How about, you know, taking your partner to, they wanted to go, they're really into, I don't know, Truman Capote. And you found out there's a reading of Capote's works at a library a half an hour away. So when your partner comes home, you don't even tell him, you just take him. It's a nice little surprise. It's a nice little gesture. When you move further along in the relationship, you're hitting about that six-month mark, right? You're introducing each other to your families. So you can get a gauge of what your family thinks. They are getting a deeper gaze into your life. Finally, one of the most important things we have to consider when we're making sure that our the relationship we're going to be involved in doesn't become disposable is giving each other space to do those things in our life that we were doing before we got involved with somebody else. Especially, and this is the most major part of this caveat, I cannot stress enough. We have to give our partners the ability to do the things they like without being jealous of the things that they like doing. I was, you know, I dated once somebody that was... Um, Really love dancing, <clears throat> ballroom, whatever, uh, you know, very formalized dancing. Wasn't a thing for me. I was a young guy, didn't really get it. Cool. Um, but I remember, you know, there was the instructors there and good looking guys. But you know what? I knew she came home to me at night. Didn't really bother me. There's that little spark of jealousy. But if she wanted them, we wouldn't have been together for all of that time anyway. So I was going to expend all of this energy, all of this anger, all of this frustration, all of this pent-up jealousy, almost literally for nothing. And then I would have sabotaged my relationship. A lot of these disposable relationships and the ones who are doing this are self-sabotaging anyways, ultimately. Because the fear of being in something committed, the fear of getting to know somebody is so overpowering that they're just able to move on from person to person and they, they're they not really concerned with the, the wake and the destruction of the emotional damage that they've caused behind them. And people want to rush out and go, oh God, you know, don't get involved with this person. Well, unfortunately, we don't know when the next person that they come in contact with 
whether or not they'll do the same or you know what the tables are reversed and it happens to them or they find the most meaningful relationship I always tell tend to tell people don't dwell on the stuff that's happened to you deal with it work through your emotional process right go through the steps of evaluation what you did right what you did wrong how the relationship worked and didn't work and move on if you're dwelling on the relationship and then you're posting about it and you're going to social media to garner attention to feel better that's another issue but we have to reflect on a lot of these things I really don't like seeing the, the current era that we're in and we need to start exploring more so these motivations behind why individuals seek out um, these you know fast and true apps and people always tell me oh but you know I've got a friend um, who you know met her husband on tinder well you know what I've got a friend too um, <clears throat> actually they're a friend of, of of a partner and the reality is is that uh, she went through a shitload of guys on Tinder, right? Before she met the guy she ended up marrying, has two kids, great. Uh, I, I don't know, one in eight, one in 10, maybe one in three. I really, I don't know how many, what the number was. But that's the exception. They're not the rules, you know? We have to understand and look at what drives one's conscious and unconscious motivations to take something serious like a serious commitment and ex and want to explore beyond what they're initially feeling to look past at their behaviors and their symptoms and, and ask themselves why do you keep doing this and it's not if it's in today's climate that's not an easy task especially when we looking more so how the world's evolving because we're now in a culture that glorifies fast food mentality these quick fixes right just because having more different or improved is somehow better and more fulfilling man i've got the same telephone the same samsung i did from like five years ago and let me tell you this thing still works great it's not the s12 15 dot three you know version two that's $10,000. But my phone can do as much as that. But no, quick fix. You know, I, I can't afford to eat this week, but I got to have the latest Apple. Right? We're still stuck in this mentality. And this becomes a lot of these issues that surround ourselves with this whole disposable person, disposable relationship mentality seem to mirror. Oh, well, you know, uh, shit. Um, and I see this often on places like fetish.com or alt.com or especially on FetLife. You know, why is it uh, 23-year-old girls dating a 42-year-old man? Well, there's a myriad of reasons. First off, there's a real thing called age gap relationship, and I'm not going to go into That's for another show. But the number two is a lot of these younger women get sick and tired of dating guys who have zero you know zero drive to make a commitment they don't want to commit period 
Now, in turn, I don't really, you know, there are men that are dating women and the women hit 30 and then all of a sudden they drop them like a hot potato. And there are, we see this with like, and people glorify this guy, um, you know, who is the savior of the environment and he's not. Leonardo DiCaprio never seemed to have a relationship over, with a girl that was over the age of 25. No one really seemed to give a shit about that, right? It was just he was the cool, cool and hip thing. That's what he does. Nevertheless, if we don't move past the mentality of what we're thinking or what we're feeling or what we want in the right now and that instant gratification, God, I want a cup of coffee and I get my coffee. Well, now I want a cookie with my coffee. But don't get past the work that may have to go involved into doing all of these things and the effort that we have to put forth. We're never going to end up entering a relationship that's meaningful or fulfilling. And again, I know people are going to end up having and telling me, oh, well, you know, my sister's cousin's uncle's best friend's neighbor's mechanic, right? They did it. Well, that's great. That is probably the most convoluted, you know, third, 18th party hearsay story I've heard. But no matter what, the reality is that's still the exception. That isn't the rule. Now, obviously, I'm not advocating for people to end Twitter or FetLife or Fetish.com or Alt.com because those places aren't going to go away. They feel a need. They feel a need for people who are lost and who are looking for something. But we still have to learn how to arm ourselves and be better to protect ourselves. And the one way we do that is by establishing boundaries and not letting anyone cross them. And having conversations that are more meaningful and more deep than, ah, ah, oh my God, duck face for my new photo, right? Because if that's the, the depth of your conversation and your relationship, I hate to tell you, it's probably not going to go too far. And I've dated a few people like that. I've dated girls that were shallow and empty and had the emotional and, or the you know, intelligence of a bar of soap. I didn't keep dating them. I didn't care how attractive they were because I need substance. I will also tell you this. If you are feeling alone or you're feeling you want a relationship and you're trying, don't sacrifice your needs just to be with somebody either. Don't be, make yourself disposable. Don't make yourself a commodity, right? doesn't matter how much that dom's going to spank you and you're going to just love it. Or, you know, what, that subs with four or five different people, but, you know, she's going to give you that attention or he's going to give you that attention that you need, right? Because you're so attracted, and you're, but you're so lonely. Don't sacrifice your needs of happiness and make yourself unhappy for a temporary lift and, and momentum of endorphins that will never carry the long run. I know it's a lot to think about. I'd love to hear your comments and your thoughts along the way. Right? It's, it's another important discussion I have, especially in the era we're currently having. Just keep an eye out there to make sure that you are not in a relationship that's going to be disposable. Because one thing I can tell you, you are not a commodity. Until next time, everyone, be safe and stay kinky.